We're super excited today to have Chris Salva with us. He's a former professional bull rider. This guy's a real deal cowboy. He's been on ranches all over the place, loves motorcycles, has done stunt driving, and he's a driver with about a half decade of very unique driver experience. Now let's get trucking. This is Beyond the Rig. All right. Welcome to Beyond the Rig. I'm Linda Dominey, and sitting next to me is... I'm Brett Stabler. Glad I'm here. As you see, we are missing Will. Um, Will is uh, no longer with us. Hopefully you've watched the uh, episode with Will. I'm hoping that's going to play prior to this one. Um, he is hanging out in Tennessee, enjoying, right. enjoying uh, his time. And I believe he's already made it there, which is really nice for him. Well, that's what he claims. That's what he, he claims. He could be on the side of the road somewhere, just not wanting his ego to be bruised. So. <laughs> we all know Will. We all know Will. So I'm super excited about this episode. We've got a special guest. We've got one of our drivers whose name is Chris. Um, and Chris has a pretty interesting um, life. And so I'm super excited to be able to get into it to, to actually learn more about it. He's done stuff like he's saying that the Harleys, uh, and 18 wheelers have something in common. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. He loves the CB radio, which I've never had personal experience on the CDB, CB radio, but I really wanted to do that. So I'm excited to get into that. Well, it's because most of us think that the CB radio has just kind of gone out of style in trucking. And but the reality it. is, even with all the computers and tablets that they got all over in these trucks, the CB radio is still a big deal. Yeah. Um, and then he used to haul livestock. He used to haul livestock, and I think he even rode yeah. some of that livestock at some point. At some point. Maybe not the stuff he hauled, but he was riding <laughs> stuff. Yeah, but now he's an OTR driver, so um, it's super excited. I cannot wait to um, to dive into this with Chris. Yeah, we're excited. Chris is fantastic. <laughs> he is one authentic cowboy that you're all going to get to know today, so we're yeah. pumped. He rode motorcycles. A stunt rider, which I can't wait to dive. Which into he that still too. is. He still is a stunt today. rider. Like that's incredible. Don't anyway, don't tell my mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's our secret. So, welcome to the show, Chris. Chris, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. I can't wait to just jump in and and hear about this lifestyle that yeah. you've, you've led. Branched out into different areas for sure. Yeah, like that's just all <laughs> over the place. Got to stay well-rounded, I guess, huh? <laughs> so, so let's just Something start like from that. the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, let's start from the beginning. So I know that you're here in Arizona right now. But yeah, I grew up in uh, South Jersey, which was awesome. It was, um, people think of Jersey, they think of that show that used to be around you. Sure, sure. yeah. So it's not like that completely, you know, you got... Your Pine Barrens, which where I'm from, is nothing but Pine Barrens, you know, nothing but trees and trails, growing up on dirt bikes and making really? jumps with your BMX bikes. And then you drive 45 minutes east, and you got the beach, nice sandy oh. beaches, and I grew up on LBI. Um, Interesting. Where, where the original Ron John Surf Shop was created. No kidding. Really? The, the I, first I always one. thought New Jersey was a giant suburb for New York. Yeah, and everyone calls it the armpit of America, yeah. but it's actually, it's got, it's got to, you know, it's nice places. Clearly nice they little, have cowboys there. They do, yeah, okay. down, you know, over in Cherry Hill and uh, Cowtown, uh, they have one of the oldest rodeos in the country there. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I grew up there, and uh, I originally got into truck driving because of my grandfather. My grandfather... Both grandfathers on both sides of my family were truck drivers. And I remember 
I must have been like four or five. I remember he brought his rig home. It was a cab over Peterbilt Red. <laughs> he drove for Shoprite. He was a Teamster, and uh, Shoprite's like a like a Fries or a Safeway that's okay. out yeah. here. Yeah. And uh, he brought his rig home, and I remember just like the idle of that loud truck because back then they didn't have any of the depth. You know, they, yeah. their trucks were straight piped. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rolling black coal out the yeah. pipes. Yeah. You know? yeah. And. Uh, I remember climbing up in that rig and the vibration, you know, as a little kid, everything's so, you know, it's magnified magnified 100%. And I remember sitting on his lap and looking at all them gauges and we took it for a spin around the block and I was on his lap and I, he had his hand on my hand on the shifter and it's a memory that I'll cherish for the rest of my life. It was, uh, so that's where it started for me playing in the sandbox with Tonka trucks, you know, and uh-huh. growing up, well, I guess I never really grew up, you know what I mean? <laughs> I was just playing with big boy toys, you know? And uh, every time I'd see a truck, you know, we're, you know, getting that truck. Get the horn, yeah, you, doing you know, what you hit can. Hit that horn, you know? And, um, yeah, that's, that's where, like, my interest in big trucks and tractors and all that stuff got started. And then uh, after I graduated, moved out here and uh, – Got into uh, my first job out here. I went over to Scottsdale Livestock, got a job loading hay and feed into people's pickup trucks, you know. Oh, wow. Right off Scottsdale Road there. Yeah. Worked there for a few it's years. Yeah, I did some deliveries. So that's where I really started getting into, like, making deliveries, you know, like hay deliveries and stuff with a little Suzu flatbed truck. Oh, man. Going you out to all the Suzu ranches. Suzu flatbed truck. <laughs> yeah. Old school. Oh, it's yeah. Back in the day. Now, now, wait, Chris, back up just a second. Uh-huh. You came out to Scottsdale from New Jersey. Correct. What in the world got you to go from all the way out in the East Coast to come to come west? So, after I graduated high school, really before I graduated high school, I lost both my grandparents to cancer, unfortunately. And me and my family just wanted a fresh start. And I, like, back, back east where my hometown is, like, either worked for the township worked for your family's business, or became a cop. None of those were in, <laughs> were in the books for me. So I just wanted it. We all kind of just wanted a fresh start and new adventure, you know. So we moved out here. My mom originally wanted to move to California because, oh, wow. you know, but my dad, he traveled this whole country and built every Dick's Sporting Goods you ever seen. Oh, wow. Okay. So he knows everywhere and anywhere, yeah. you know what I mean? So he's like, let's go check out Arizona because the weather's – great taxes are minimum you know what i mean yeah. and uh it's way less expensive to live here than it is like in california jersey. yeah and jersey too it's you know so then yeah culture shock right yeah for, for sure <laughs> for yeah sure. i went from ripping in the you know in the pine barrens to ripping out here in the desert with my pickup truck you know and having fun and yeah that's you know pretty crazy that's you know, awesome. transition yeah, that's awesome. but it was nice because i i mean like East Coast people are a go-getter kind of people. A little bit faster pace, yeah, for sure. Like, let's get her done. And, yeah. like, I came out here, got that job, like, within, like, a week or two of me moving out here, you know. So I was just like, let's get a job. Let's get going. Let's get into something. And I was fascinated by the ranch life because, like, there's ranches out, you know, east. But, yep. like, mm-hmm. they're a little out of the way to go to, you know. And out here there are a dime a dozen. And I really wanted to become something – with livestock or ranching, it just like there's always an interest to me, you know what I mean? So sure. got into the feed store business and that's where, you know, it started to go for me out here and 
That's where the magic happened, huh? Yeah, it really was amazing because you get to know these ranchers personally. They come into you, hey, Chris, how's it going? I'm trying to get some alfalfa, a couple bales of alfalfa in Bermuda. You load them up, you know, you small talk with them before they take off. And, you know, you get to know them, what kind of horses they got or what livestock they got and stuff yeah. like that. It's really cool. And then it's like a, it's a community, you know, it's a really tight community, especially at Rio Verde, Cave Creek, Scottsdale. Everyone knows somebody, yeah. which oh, is yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, um, so it started that and then, um, I ended up getting a job offer with Pet Club, which is another feed store, but in Cave Creek, right. closer to where mm-hmm. I live, you know, my parents live. And so I got, I was with them and then, um, for three years and I found myself just wanting to be out on the, on the delivery truck. Like all, I mean, I'm good at customer service, but. Some Mondays when you come into work, you just kind of want to be to yourself, you know? <laughs> so I found myself doing the deliveries, and I was good at them. Like, you know, I had I was the only one out of everybody that had my own hay bucking chaps and my hay hook and stuff. <laughs> so awesome. I took it very serious, you know, and I loved it. And my customers loved it because I stacked the hay. I always ask all my customers, like, how they wanted it stacked. And I went above and beyond and always cleaned up all the loose hay and swept oh, it into really? a nice pile for them where most delivery guys, it just... Don't yeah, throw it on, kick let that go. stuff off the back of the truck, and see you later. But you're right; it's a big deal to them on how you yeah. stack it. Yeah, I my, mean, my like, son worked at a feed store, so I've heard this before that yeah. they actually really care yeah. how you stack. Some people like them hay. all in one direction, yep. so they could yep. just cut the strings and feed the flakes off, or they like them interlocked, so they don't They're topple over. Yep. If it's an older older folks, yep. they like them locked in because. If that whole stack falls over, they there's no way it. a 60-year-old woman or man is going to yeah. pick that up. I mean, some 60-year-old cowboys and cowgirls are yeah, but pretty not awesome. Most. They're, pretty pretty, you know, yeah. they're pretty tough people, but, you know, most of the time they're not going to want to, you know, pick it up. So Now, now you were heavy. actually a cowboy on a ranch, right? Yeah. Did you get that by the working at these feed stores and meeting them? Is that how you got your in? Yeah, so I kind of glossed over that, so I skipped that part. Yeah, so before I got the job over at the Pet Club feed store, um, I left Scottsdale Livestock and went to ranching. And out in Rio Verde, yeah, there's a million ranches out there, and uh, I ended up doing an apprenticeship with a farrier. Yeah, for two years, learned how to be a horseshoer, which is that's what a farrier is, Mm -hmm. and uh, trimming, you know, trimming horses feet and putting shoes yeah. on and it's a back-breaking job man yeah. that's yeah. that's that's hard that's stuff tough. yeah hard stuff and uh and then i i started working for this um this breeder ranch that was breeding uh fox trots and uh fox trotters um and tennessee walker horses like gated horses gated horses are you get them to a certain speed they're not choppy yeah. You just glide. That's why they're called gated because the way that their their gait is before they get into a gallop is just smooth. Your shoulders are moving smooth across. <laughs> yeah, nice. you don't have to post. You don't have to do that post and <laughs> stuff. You know, on a, on a quarter horse, you're like, you're bouncing around, so you got to post, you know what I mean? Yeah. And be in rhythm with it. But, yeah, so I was at that breeding ranch for about a year before I wanted to get back into the feed business and then got with Pet Club. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did okay. a bit of ranching out there. Ranching's cool. Hard. See, I, it's so very hard I, work. I only do yeah. things Labor like a week or two weeks at a time, right? So, like, I went out on the truck for a week, and I just yeah. test things out, but I never really jump into it. Yeah. I, I have a, a good friend that owns a ranch up out of, outside of Williams, mm-hmm. and I spent a couple weeks up there and with him over a summer and just doing some ranching, fixing fence line, getting some cattle and moving right. it and to different range, part of the the ranch to, to graze. And 
It was the coolest thing ever. It was. It was yeah. incredibly hard work. You're sleeping out under the stars, yeah. waking up early. It, it can oh, be wow. very draining. Sometimes it's a physical thing, whether yeah. it's the fence lines or trying to actually move the cattle. But it's yeah. it's cool stuff. It's cool for a week. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was going to say, I only try things for it's about a week for at a, a time. Yeah. That's it. But that's why. Day I mean. in and day out yep. for a year or however. You know, after a Back year, breaking. it's, oh, man. The cowboy it's like, life's the real deal. Yeah, you got done when the sun just went down. You just got yeah. done feeding. And then it's soon as you know it, you know, before the sun's coming up, your alarm's going off. feels like you slept for five yep. minutes. Uh. And you're getting out there bucking 10 bales onto the tractor, you know, to go feed the line. And it's just like, man, it's when do I get ending. a day? Yeah. It's never ending. Yeah. You don't get a day off when you got livestock because who's going to eat? Unless you're paying ranch hands, you know what I mean, to do it, which I was the ranch hand. You know, I don't yeah. own the ranch. I wish I owned the ranch. I'd be making money. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, as a ranch hand, you're the ones that's, Horses can't feed themselves, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And you got to clean them stalls. If you don't clean them stalls out, their feet get all jacked up from standing in their, you know, manure and stuff. So it's just nonstop work. It's like kids. Yeah. It's so like kids. Where I live, there's um, a bunch of horse horse property. I don't have horses, but um, a few of the neighbors do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and when I leave in the morning, they're out there. Mm-hmm. Already starting their day, trying to make sure these horses are fed. And then yeah. when you when we come back... Um, from dinner at night, they're still out there. Yeah. And I'm like, man, yeah. like they are constant. And they only yeah. have just a couple of horses. Yeah. Some of them have a few cows, but I can't even imagine. Yeah, imagine 45, an head, of, ranch. Yeah. 45 head of horses. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No, ran- yeah. ranches and farming, that's that's the real deal right <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. That's that's physical labor. I do, I do miss having my cup of coffee. Like when I had my own horses, uh, having my cup of coffee, letting the dogs out in the morning and then throwing their flakes of hay. And just like, I remember walking out like at the porch and like horses know just like kids when it's time to eat, uh-huh. they start neighing, yeah. and, you know, yeah. they making know. noise. They know you're out and about let's feed me. Yeah. <laughs> so that was nice hearing the horses neigh and stuff. So That's yeah, cool. That's yeah, that, really was, cool. that was a nice way to wake up, but well, listen, you that, feel needed. Well, very, yeah. very, well, that's awesome. I, I think everybody right now that, that's watching this podcast sees this giant, yeah. shiny belt buckle. <laughs> so, they, so they know that you're a cowboy, but they're probably curious right now, where'd the belt buckle come from? Yeah, so when I came out here, and aside from all the ranching and feed store business stuff I was doing, I got into the rodeo life. I came out here, and I went to downtown Cave Creek with my family, and on Wednesday nights, they have amateur nights. <laughs> so anybody can pay 50 Whatever. bucks to break themselves on a bull. And uh, my uncle turns to me and says, bet you won't ride a bull. And I'm like, bet you I will now. <laughs> <laughs> so the first bull I rode, I actually covered for eight seconds. Wow. wow. Which is a rare thing that people ever do. Yeah. And prior to me, like, I've always been in a pretty good shape. I used to be on a USA powerlifting team back east in Jersey. So I was, you know, beefed up. I'm a pretty strong guy. So I was just gripped on and just held. You know, I had no form whatsoever. I was just bouncing around. You know <laughs> what I mean? And I just held on. I heard that buzzer go off, and my parents were freaking out. They're like, I can't believe you rode that bull. You know? <laughs> and from there, hooked. Yeah. You know? I mean, that just. The adrenaline. Yeah, I got you. into it. Started riding uh, amateur nights and then got into the PR, PRCA turquoise circuit and started traveling around. Wow. And wow. Actually got good at it, you know. All it just came natural. Yeah. yeah. All off of a dare. I'm just joking around. You should try it, yeah. you know. Well, that's wow. cool. And it just came natural and uh, started winning money, started winning buckles, and 
Like, okay, I'm in. It was a short-lived career, I'll tell you that. Uh, it's probably <laughs> brutal. Hey, you know, like, sometimes getting hung up, you know, hung up is like, uh, so I was a left-handed bull rider. Now you want to jump off your left side, dismount. Yeah. Because if you jump off the right side, what happens is your hand twists over, and now you're locked in. Oh, Eesh. no. Now you're going for a ride. Oh. Yeah, that's called getting hung up. So after getting hung up a couple times, and I mean, not a couple times, a lot of times, <laughs> you know, and the bull comes back to you in the hole and, you know, and hooks you and stomps you out. And uh, there's been, pl- I got plenty of pictures on my phones of my back all bruised up. <laughs> my spine barely got, you know, broke. And so the, the bull actually caught up to you and. Yeah, so what happens is. Picked you up and threw yeah, you. The, you're here, right? And the bull's spinning into you and just. Because he knows, whack, you, cause you're, he knows around, you're there. Just whacking yeah. you. You're a ragdoll oh. at that point. Oh. I mean, you're talking oh. about 2,200 pounds compared to 200 pounds. You're getting ragdolled. Oh, <laughs> yeah, my no, God. No, Chris, are, are, most, are you considered a, a bigger bull rider? Yeah. Because most bull riders, yeah. aren't they pretty small guys? Absolutely. Yeah. I had the worst end of I mean, it, like, way tougher for me. Most bull riders are like 130, so 150 pounds. So maybe explain the dude. difference. Wow. Is like why why yeah. a smaller bull rider has some advantages versus a bigger one? Yeah, so those guys are super small. They're really mainly like they're faster. You know, yeah. it's, it takes more effort for me to move around quicker, right? Because yeah, yeah. I'm a bigger guy. Yeah. But those small bull riders have the best advantages because there's less weight being moved around. They're smaller. They can fit just on the quicker, shoulders yeah. perfect and adjust perfect and. It's way easier for them. They're shorter. My neighbor's a, like, six-time world champion professional team roper, and he oh, wow. looked at me, and he's like, you should be a bulldogger or a roper. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing riding them bulls, yeah. man? He knows. See, he's 85 years old and still roping professionally, you know wow. what I mean? So, yeah, I was like, I should have listened to him. It's <laughs> a longer career. I would have. I would have, absolutely. Have, have, they, have you ever been stuck by their horns? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. A lot of times. A lot that of times. That had hurt. Yeah, feels so. One time I got unlucky. Were they the full horns, or had they yeah, sawed them we off? We call them baseball bats. They kind of saw yeah. them off now, right? Some of them, yeah. yeah. Well, some probably, of them, yeah. Probably in the lower circuits, they may not. But right. Yeah. So some of them, even in the higher circuits, they're still. They still, they still so it depends on what breed of bull it is. Gotcha. So if they have a nice set of horns, still, I mean, they chop them, certain, you know, to a certain length. And we call those baseball bats because you hit one of those, it's like a baseball bat. Yes. You're getting knocked out. Oh. Yeah, you're snoring. You're waking up at 15 cowboys above you. Tweety Bird, what happened? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, I've been hung up a couple of times, and one turned into me and literally hooked me right where the sun doesn't shine. Oh, my gosh. I was out oh. for a week. Couldn't work for I couldn't even walk. Oh. It's like a sledgehammer just... Doosh. Yeah, no, that, no, that's that's something that I've never I've never uh, attempted to try. So good for you. That's well, hey, I mean you can do it I for do a things week. for a week, but I'm not doing that you for a week. You can try that for no, a week. No, the, those I bet we could good. get you signed up. Yeah, have health insurance. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it's hard to get insured. Yeah, as a you, don't, bull rider. you don't tell your insurance company yeah. that you do that. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. And at that time, I was on my parents, so they, you know what I mean. Like, they didn't ask questions. Oh yeah. wow, yeah, it's cool. That's it's really crazy. cool. That's so, scary too. So stunt riding. Yeah. yeah, you so we've we've literally gone from feed stores to ranch in back to feed store to bull riding. Yeah, stunt rider. Talk talk to us about the stunt riding stuff because I think you're currently still actively yeah. doing that, right? Yeah, I still I still mess around and break myself doing that. But yeah, um, yeah. So I got a motorcycle in 2017. My first Harley it was awesome. I've always wanted a bike since I was a kid. My dad rides, so. Um, 
yeah, I've always wanted to ride. I got into it. And then, um, yeah, out here, out west is a real popular thing to set up your bike with T-bars, which is like, yeah, they're not the ape hangers. T-bars are like set up like a dirt bike, you know? I grew up riding dirt bikes. So another thing that just came natural is popping wheelies with a motorcycle. (laughs) So I started doing that and then hanging around a crew that does stunts and stuff and yeah. Fascinating. It's really fun. It's so expensive. Did you, so did you, <laughs> okay. They just call you up and say, hey, we need a... Yeah, we're doing a stunt show over here or whatever, you know, like Bike Week, Cave Creek Bike Week. They huh. have, a, you know, uh, a biker bash out there and like a stunt um, a stunt show out there. And yeah, you just get, you know, if they're doing one, you know what I mean? They'll call me up sometimes or most of the time now because I'm over the road so much, I don't... I get, get to, to see them, like, much. oh, they're having fun. I, you know, like, I get a text once in a while. I'm like, working, hey. and I can't yeah, be there. Because they know I'm a driver, you know, yeah. and they're like, hey, you in town? I'm like, no, I'm across the country. I can't make it. But I'm I'm actually thinking about stopping because I've looped out a couple of times this past year, mm-hmm. and it is so expensive. And, like, I, most of these guys have two bikes, one for pleasure and one for stunting. Stunt. Oh, yeah. I have one bike. So it's like – it gets ruined and yeah like right now it's on the lift i haven't touched my bike since last summer it's upsetting yeah yeah Yeah. so um yeah i'm thinking i'm gonna stop one because i'm getting hurt and Mm -hmm. this this body is not a 27 year old's body (laughs) inside it is much older and broken they age and they age quickly don't they yes Yes. you open your eyes one morning you're like wow that hurts yeah what is happening yeah every day this leg has got a rod in my femur and a rod in my tibia my fibula is a free-floating bone half my my calf is gone well chris you're kind of an adrenaline junkie and adrenaline junkies do things that get hurt yeah yeah so we hinted to harley and trucking being same or yeah. similar yeah similar. so i mean like riding your bike down the road you'll see guys doing a little <laughs> little wave you know what uh-huh. i mean and it's just a camaraderie thing like saying what's up man you know and um i noticed with night especially like i mean i, I wave to other drivers too but you see a night truck coming down the road opposite way you're going northbound they're coming southbound vice versa whatever I'm always seeing everybody. We always wave to each other, which is always nice, just saying what's up. And if they're on the CB, I'll grab the CB, like, hey, what's up there, brother, you know? And uh, it's awesome because, you know, we're out here for weeks at a time, sometimes months at a time. And it's just nice to say what's up because we don't get a lot. I mean, we get some, you know, interaction, Interaction. you know. But it's nice to socialize with somebody that's, you know, uh, the same, you know. Yeah, profession. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. So how long have you been driving? Uh, as soon as I turned 21, which was in 2016. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got my CDL and uh, I went to AIT, which is, okay. uh, it's. I don't think it's around anymore, but it was owned by Warner. I think it was owned by Warner. Okay. Mm-hmm. They use Warner trucks. And uh, I did the fast track program, which was a four week program, two weeks in the classroom, two weeks on the range. You test out, you got your CDL. Okay. I was the only one out of five people to pass. Really? That quickly? Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, like, <clears throat> doing the ranch work and stuff like that, you're always hauling hay and hauling horses and stuff. Mm-hmm. So back in trailers, used was to easy. ain't no thing but a chicken wing. A little length hey, and a little size. The bigger <coughs> the trailer, the easier yeah. it is. Okay. So the smaller right. the trailer, those things jackknife on you crazy. Yeah. yeah. 53 foot trailer is easy to back, I think, personally. But yeah, I did uh, did my test, tested it out. And at that time, I was working for Pet Club. 
So before me getting my CDL, our general manager was in my store up in Cave Creek, and uh, he was like, you ever think of becoming a driver? And I was just like, absolutely. Will you hire me if I get my CDL? Because out of school, it's really hard to get yeah. a local gig. Right. Brand new guy. Yeah. Nobody local wants to hire you. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. Over the road companies, because they have the trainers and stuff, and they have more rigs to be able to, you know what I mean, and the time to be yeah. able to train somebody out over the road. But local guys, you got to experience or not, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you got to be able to get in the truck and do your job. <laughs> right. And uh, Jack, the DM over there, uh, yeah, he's like, you get your CDL, I'll hire you. So four That's weeks how you got later, it. got my CDL, go down there to their warehouse and office in Tempe, Fill out my paperwork, right? Throws me my keys. Says, you're delivering to Cave Creek. Load up. So as a local driver. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So besides my training for two weeks, that's it. That's it. Oh, and my you were off, gosh. You were off and running. That's it. Driving an 18-speed <laughs> international Lone Star. Let's go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> yeah. So how long so, were you with them doing that? I uh, did that for a year and a half, and then they went out of they didn't go out of before they went out of business. They, what they did is they outsourced it. It was okay. it was cheaper for them to outsource it because they leased their own trucks right, right. for their drivers, and they were they were on the decline of, of business. So, um, yeah, I did that for a year with them, and that's honestly that first year is what really taught me. Yeah, because like a lot of the stuff you learn in the classroom, you definitely take out with you. Right. But a lot of the stuff goes right again. out the yeah. window because reality, real life <laughs> happens. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, out there, you, got, you don't double clutch. You're floating gears. Yep. You ain't double clutching. The only time you use the clutch is to stop and go. That's that's <laughs> all you use the clutch for. And, um, yeah, so then I got a job with uh, this place called Lake and Milling Company. because so I used to go pick up hay pellets for them. And so as soon well, as he is networked, I yeah, mean, that's yeah. what I'm learning yeah, is all he's over. networking yeah. all over. I always make sure I never burn a bridge because you never know who's the next person's going to be your boss or your friend. That's a true statement. Great. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, so I called him up and I was just like, Hey Quincy, you remember me? I'm Chris over at pet club. The driver He's like, Hey man, what's up? I'm like, Hey, so, uh, pet club just went out of business. Can I have a job? You guys hiring drivers? He's like, come on down. <laughs> Cause I was wow. the only one that would go pick up the, the loads over there, and nobody else wanted to do it, you know, out of the other four drivers. So I was like, I'll go, and I, that's what I did. And he gave me a job on the spot, driving awesome. a nice, you know, 379 Peterbilt around yeah. town and hauling hay and feed and and then uh, worked for them for two years. Then they got bought out by Sakati, which is owned by Pinal Feeds, okay. which is a big, yep. big deal out there in Maricopa. So then I got into hauling more hay and some bulls back and forth, and that was a fun time. There's wow, you went from yeah. riding the bulls to hauling the bulls. Different kind of bulls, though. They're <laughs> steers. You know, oh, okay. they're, they're bred just, you know, for slaughter. They're not, you know, like lives, like uh, bucking bulls are a different breed. They're yeah. half Brahmas. They're very big. They're, they're sauced up on some grain and stuff, you know, where, like, compared to the – you know, slaughter bulls are, you know, their minimum feed, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they don't get – exercise like you know the bucking bulls are like athletes compared to the the slaughter bulls so yeah we always make a joke you know when you know the smell of money when you get to work because it smells nothing but cow pies you know (laughs) that's the smell of money right there so uh yeah that was fun you know it's uh agriculture is a very fun and important 
like part of this industry. Sure. Right. It was really fun. Now most most drivers you see go from OTR and they try to get into the local gigs. You see more of that than you than you see the local opposite. gigs yeah. going to OTR. I was totally but you opposite. were all local and yeah. now all of a sudden you you're thrust into OTR. What what was that? I mean, what what, what came into that transition? What was so, your mind? Crazy thing is when I was a local guy, right? Local guys are always doing crazy, st- like, where you're delivering are very tight areas. So, like, when I used to deliver to these ranches, you're backing up behind, you know, around a Suaro, around a Palo Verde, getting to the barn where their silo is to fill them up with grain and, you know, and feed and stuff. So, my skills are very well polished with backing, right? And, like, I never really had respect for over-the-road guys because I was like, oh, they just drive straight. They don't even, you know, they back into a dock once in a while. And then I became an over-the-road driver. (laughs) I have absolutely the most respect for any driver now. Because you know what? As a local driver, especially in Arizona, you don't hit snow. Well, if you go up to Flagstaff, you'll hit snow. Mm -hmm. On occasion, yeah. I was, you know, in the valley most of the time, so it's nothing but sunshine, you know. Being an over-the-road driver is, is tough. You got weather. You got different states, different laws. Um, places you have never been. Yeah. Right. Like I was used to these not familiar with, I was used to these ranches. I didn't need a GPS. Right. Yeah. I didn't need to worry about low bridges or roads that, you know, a certain weight can go down. Right. You know, it was easy being a local driver. It may, it was easier to become easy. You know what I mean? Where right. over get, the road, you get used <clears throat> to your routes. doesn't matter yeah. how much years of experience over the road. One day can be your worst day. Because you're going to somewhere you've <clears throat> never delivered before. Right. You take one wrong turn, and you're SOL. Yeah. <laughs> so It's true. How it's long true. have you been doing over the road now? So now a year. Yeah, okay. I started uh, my first load was January 3rd to Redding, California. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, it's been the best thing that I've ever done. Yeah? Yeah. Like, um, I'm so thankful that night picked me up. It like really changed my changed my life. So when like, you you went from um, the livestock, and then when you went to OTR, are we your first OTR? Or yeah, did, yeah. This is the first OTR company, and um, so before I got hired one night, I had about a year and a half of I took a break from truck driving. Okay, everybody hits adversity in their life. Sure. You yep. know what I mean, and uh, <laughs> dealing with a little bit of depression, anxiety, and had to get myself right before I could get back to work, and right. you know. Worked on myself, you know, and, and got right. And the first company I, I sent a, you know, application to was Knight. And Valene Wallace, shout out to Valene. <laughs> our, our recruiter here, one of our recruiters, she, uh, she went through hoops and bounds for me with the safety team because I have quite a bit of an MVR record with gotcha. riding fast on a Harley and, sure. yeah. and all that stuff. So got me hired on, and from there my life truly changed i went with they they sent me with josh howley uh he's a trainer here and a good friend of mine now still to this day um like i said i thought i knew everything about trucking he showed me a couple things that i still use to this day that really helped me out i mean josh really i I still call him up i got like questions about stuff about paperwork or whatever awesome i call him up i mean either just to talk to him over the phone, you know, because we're just driving. We have nobody else to talk to or I need help with something. He's a, he's my first call right there. And That's awesome. A good buddy of mine. And, um, yeah, he uh, he taught me a lot of stuff that uh, 
I would have never known. Yeah. How long were you in the truck with the trainer? Uh, only 10 days because I was modified. Like I said, I had, had like experience. Yeah, yes. five, or, five or six years of experience prior to coming with Knight. So, yeah, it's... Uh, so it the was, question is, when they said, hey, we're going to bring you in as modified and have you go out with a trainer, were yeah. you like... Yeah, what? absolutely. I got five years of experience. Absolutely. I was, I was, and <laughs> prior to me even getting hired, Valium was like, yep, our whole fleet is automatic trucks. I'm like, really? <laughs> I was thinking about it. And I was just like, oh man, I'm not an automatic driver. Like I drive. That's, what, drive. that's what they all say until they drive it. And then they're like, yep. well, this thing's life changing. <laughs> when you're stuck in downtown traffic and you don't have to do yep, this yep. constantly. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, I was, I was very surprised. And, uh, but, you know, I was just like, this is what's going to get me the job. I'll do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I'll show them. So I get in the truck with Josh. We're in the yard over here in Phoenix. And he's like, all right, I just want to see your backing skills. I swing on over and back that thing in full throttle. <laughs> no problem. He's like, we're going to have fun. <laughs> we did a lot of miles together, me and him, because he didn't have to worry with yeah. me. You know, he just yeah. taught me some things like with the scale houses and stuff with the pre-pass. Yeah. I've never had one of those, you yeah. know, yeah. being a local guy, most companies don't have those. You just right. pull in and scale, you know, right. I've never had to deal with the green light or red light beeping at you. Yeah. And he taught me that. And he taught me a lot of things that like, that's like cool. I said, I That's didn't awesome. know it and like uh, more tools for the, you know, the tool belt, yeah. Yeah. which is awesome. So, yeah. Sure. So have you thought about paying that forward and, and training one day yourself? I don't know. You yeah. know, this is the thing like uh, maybe, maybe when I ch transition back to being local, I'll train or something like that. But over there, I don't know. I like having my own space. Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> sure. My top bunk, there's no bed there. There's an extra fridge. My guitar's up there. I got oh. extra clothes. You know what I mean? Like, so you play guitar. Yeah. Guitar, yeah. harmonica, sing a little bit. Or how, whatever you want. Of course you do. Or how. Of course you do. Why not? Why not? <laughs> you do everything. Yeah. Yeah. Try and stay well-rounded. That's what I like to say. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, you got some awesome. great experience just from the, the the local side of things coming into OTR and yeah. and just recognizing the differences of the two. Yeah. If you had advice that you wanted to give to a, another driver that was coming in to the to the world of OTR or even the industry, right? What types of things would you or advice would you give that that driver? Um, I would advise any new driver to go get. See, me personally, I like to use a Rand McNally GPS. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's made just for trucking. Sure. Yep. And, like, we have a little GPS on our tablet that you can use. But I, I like the Rand McNally. Mm -hmm. It's nice. It's uh, You can plug in different trips and stuff, and it'll always bring you where a truck's supposed to be. It'll never take you down a road where a truck's not supposed mm -hmm. to be. Right. So that's nice. That, and then I'd also advise any, uh, any new driver out there is to uh, – um, get a CB radio. Oh. <laughs> a CB radio is important. You're going to have to elaborate on that. We, we, Linda and I know you love them. Yeah. But you're going to have to elaborate for the audience yeah. why you love them so much. I mean, like a lot of people think that like CBs don't work and stuff, but that's because they the don't use them. User error. <laughs> <laughs> so when you get a CB, you got to get good antennas. Antennas, adjustable antennas. There's a little screw on the top so you can lengthen or shorten, or like okay. there's different coil ones that have a long stick that you can shorten and lengthen and you got to calibrate your antennas to your radio and it's called an SWR reading. So if you're not getting the correct SWR reading, the first couple of times you use that radio, you're going to fry your transmitter. Work. You're going to fry the radio. You'll fry oh, it and it won't work anymore. <laughs> so that's why people think it doesn't work. And then, uh, 
so you do that, you know, and it'll, it'll work fine. But what's nice about that is like, say you're in the truck stop, you know, and you're heading north or, you know, west on the 80, you know, got to go into, you know, uh, Wyoming or something, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of snow and wind up there in the wintertime, you know, before you even leave, you know, hey, break breaker, how's that, uh, 80 westbound looking, you know, and somebody will get on, oh, it's closed, you know, or closed up there, uh, right where the, you know, the break is, you know, and, uh, that's nice with like closures or wrecks. You come up to a parking lot on the interstate, nothing but red lights. You can, hey, what's going on up there? Anybody see what's going on? Somebody would be like, yeah, get in the hammer lane. Hammer lane's the left lane. Yeah. Get, ha- get in the hammer lane. Right lane's blocked, you know? Or, uh, hey, breaker, breaker, you got a bear sitting up there in the middle. You know, that's a, that's <laughs> that's a, a cop, cop, a bear is yeah. a cop, you know, yeah. or a bear in the air. You got a bear in the air and a chopper, you know, clock of people. And we just look out for each other or like, oh, I always see like a nice like uh, W nine hundred Kenworth, which is like those square bodies, real mm-hmm. nice trucks. Mm-hmm. I'll see one rolling up on in the hammer lane, just buzzing right by. I'm like, "Good lord, that's a nice truck!" And he'll hop on. Thank you, buddy. You know, <laughs> it's just nice to talk to people and stuff. And then also, we always look out for each other. You know what I mean? That's like, cool. that's nice. it's uh, it's really important, especially for like weather and mm-hmm. accidents and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it's just good to have because who else are you going to call if you don't have anybody you know what i mean like sure. yeah you can't call your people at home they yeah. don't know yeah they don't know where evil, you're at, evil yeah. at exactly. each other exactly yeah exactly that's awesome yeah that's so awesome. Really, cool. really really cool stuff yeah i love it yeah. i love it that's really cool so i i always watch like if we're stuck in traffic mm-hmm. and it's just not moving i always watch the truckers follow the trucks i always watch the truckers because i know that they're talking to each other Mm -hmm. and so if they get it all the way over i know that's what i need to do yeah there's been a couple (laughs) times where we're stuck in traffic and both lanes are blocked and i'll i'll get out stretch my legs you know set the brakes get out stretch the legs and cars are rolling down the window hey what's going on up there i'm like Mm -hmm. Both lanes are blocked there's a rolled over rv we're gonna be here for a minute (laughs) and they're like oh great you know, so that you already know what's going on. You know what I mean? You're not just sitting there with, you know. Yeah, and that, when that happened on the highway, you're toast. Yeah. yeah. At least in the city, you can yeah. get off and just get around. Just throwing off yeah. duty. You're <laughs> hanging out. Yeah. Get some food. I've been there before where so, I was throwing so food. So do you cook on the truck? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And um, I think it's really important for people to cook in the truck because us truck drivers, all we have is Arby's, McDonald's. Subway. Subway. <laughs> you know, then, like, you eat chicken. Hey, you eat a double cheeseburger every day of your life, you're going to look like a double cheeseburger. Yeah, it's, it's just true. bound to happen. Yeah. I got up to a size 38 waist and 240 pounds. Wow. Biggest I've ever been in my life. Wow. And, uh, what'd you do? You lose I it. Ha- yeah, I, so I cut out carbs and sugar, uh, which is bread mostly. Yep, yep. And, um, I started going, uh, well, I do my grocery shopping at Walmart I go, or wherever you want to go, but uh, I go get those prepackaged little salads, yep. mm-hmm. and so I buy, like, six of those for the week, and then I get, like, uh, I do, like, a keto thing where it's just meat, no, no, you know, meat and, like, veggies and stuff like that, yep. no sugar, Right. and uh, it was amazing just by changing my diet, eating salads and chicken and just doing that stuff, and I don't cook elaborately, you know what I mean, like... Mm-hmm. I use paper plates so I can yeah. throw them out because what you cook with. You got to clean. You got to clean. Mm-hmm. Where's the sink? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A pain in the butt. So I'd rather just have stuff you just toss in the garbage and yeah. 
easy one, two, three. So yeah, eating the salads and I get buffalo chicken tenders, throw them in the microwave, you know, a little bit of blue cheese and we're good to go. (laughs) (laughs) Off and running. Yeah. And then uh, for energy drinks, like I've been uh, really like training my body to like get off caffeine as much as I can because you get so used to drinking caffeine all the time. It's terrible. So when you really need it, it really doesn't do doesn't much do for anything, you. Right? Yeah. So I use them for like when I really need it. Like every morning or every other morning, I'll have like a little something. You know what I mean? Either yeah. if it's like the Java Monsters once in a while, or I like the Rain Energy drinks because the Rain Energy drinks like they have a bunch of BCAA amino acids, more, oh yeah. more zero sugar. Yeah. It, they're healthy for they're you. More pre-workout right. type yeah, drinks. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I use them once in a while. I most of the time like. How I run is, like, I'll run, depending on the load, like, I like to run a full 11 hours driving every day. I, awesome. I run my 70 down, and I like to do a 34. Most guys like to run recaps, but I like to have a day and a half sure. to myself. Yeah. Yeah. Clean the truck, do whatever I got to do. So I train myself, you know, like, drive as far as you can, because if you got a 700-mile trip, let's get the most out of this. And you got to be there in three days. Let's get the most miles done in the first two days hang out for the third day and, you know, deliver. It's cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the way I like, I'd rather do it. But, <laughs> Great. Yeah. So, I and plus, like, driving's just, uh, I I enjoy just driving for a long time, periods of time. That's cool. Yeah. My girlfriend hates driving, even just commuting, you know, around downtown. Have but you taken her on the truck? Uh, yeah, she, she was down there. She always checks out the truck, but I haven't taken her out yet. So, March, for her spring break, she's finishing her last – semester up in school she's uh yeah. she's becoming a school teacher so when she has her spring break in march i'm gonna take her on the truck for That'd a week awesome. yeah we better yeah. make sure they get her back in time she got school starting yeah well she's got yeah. two she's got two weeks oh, off good, so good good i'm only gonna take her out for a week and get her back sure because i don't want to be yeah that'll be really nice though it'd be nice for her to experience it yeah plus she she loves to uh travel and stuff her best friend lives in new york it's crazy. My best friend lives in South Jersey, so we're like we're always traveling to the East Coast, and she wants to see other states besides East Coast. You know, yeah. so I want to take her to the Midwest. Yeah, one of her favorite states is Kansas because of the sunflowers. She's loves sunflowers. That's cool. Loves sunflowers. So Good. yeah, we can drive we'll through take there. Her out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can drive through there and then go up to the PNW. Exactly. Just to see all kinds of new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that'll be nice for her. Yeah. I think what's amazing is that uh, I finally found somebody that's not codependent, which is awesome. She's a very independent woman, and I don't need to be around all the time to make her happy, you know what I mean, as long yeah. as I talk to her on the phone here and there, which yeah. is really nice. But That's great. Yeah. That's, well, and if she's willing to get on the truck, that means she supports you. So Yeah, that's a her good uncle thing. drove trucks, so she uh, she probably ended up, she understands probably ended up like, yeah, really enjoying it, too. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. when you're not, maybe when you're not doing it day in and day out – Right, yeah. she enjoy the of the week totally of traveling different. around. And yeah, seeing she the thinks country. it's pretty cool that like, like I have a f- two fridges, a bed, a microwave. <laughs> it's like a little fridges. RV. She's yeah. just yeah. like this thing's awesome, and like yeah. I customized the inside of my cab. Like I got those, you know, the sticky lights, the LEDs yeah. Oh, with, yeah. the, with the remotes. You could change the colors. Yeah, I strung the whole thing up around, you know, and and they have a little mood I, yeah. lighting. Oh yeah, like I, I so in, in cab they come with red little floor light yep so i just set them red because one the outside our color is red red. so it just it's really cool and you know you get to see stuff that's awesome so um i know you said salads and stuff do you ever cook in a crock pot no no like i said because i don't want to clean nothing keeps it simple but hang on 
They have She's gonna these, talk about the bags. The bag. They have these bags. She's talking about the bags. So you my, don't my have wife to says clean those bags it. are like life changing. For you. you don't have to clean it. You throw the bag away. Where are you gonna get the water? You're gonna waste all your water bottles <laughs> just to boil and throw out, you know? That's I mean it depends think, on like, what you're cooking. Sometimes yeah. you need water, sometimes hey, you don't. Yeah. The, the guy's got a system and it's working. Yeah, it it's is. easy. I'm a, I like I, to say I, I, would, I would be the same way. Very <laughs> simplistic. Yes. I don't need to overcomplicate yes. it. I don't care about gourmet. Just exactly. put the fuel in my body right. and let's go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Especially because I'm dieting. I don't need yeah. much now. You know, I'm very small meals now and I've lost ten pounds. So are you, you still Good doing keto? Yeah. 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 It's it's not easy. But you know what? I started with just walking every day after I'm done driving. That's I walk good. four miles. I'll walk like 2.2 miles one way. I'll look at the GPS on my phone. I'm like, cool. 2.2 miles. We'll walk back. That's 4.4. Yeah. Or whatever it comes out to, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. great. I always try to walk. And that's what I started with, walking. And then in the in the parking lot, I'll grab my bag of chains, put it on my shoulder, walk back and forth, change each shoulder. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll do kettlebell swings with it. Like yep. it's a kettlebell. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah. I'll do all kinds of stuff and just push-ups and just started with easy good. stuff. It just started yeah. with walking, really. I went well, from yeah. a 38 waist now down to a 36. Oh, I good. I put this belt buckle on again. So <laughs> <laughs> it feels good, you know, and... Uh, my I know. You, I know. You said you like your coffee. You know, for yeah. your keto, you can as long you you can have the coffee and use like a stevia. Yeah. If you wanted a sugar, and then your heavy uh, heavy whipping cream um, for your milk. Yeah, that's what my mom uses. That uh, all those different syrups that are sugar free, and then she uses heavy whipping cream. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's yeah, good, and uh, it and it tastes it tastes good. So. Yeah. 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 Well, I try to. See, this is the thing. Like. I try to stay away from caffeine as much as I can unless I need it. Yep. That's yeah. the biggest yep. thing. Because uh, there's a lot of drivers out there that are drinking, like, Red Bulls constantly mm-hmm. or Rock Stars constantly. Can't be good for you, all that sugar all it the time. It can't be good for you. Well, like, not just that. I mean, the caffeine and the other energy-type things yeah. that they put in those drinks. You're crashing. Yeah. You're crashing. Yeah. Well, not, you're crashing, but there are also there's studies out now that have found that when you drink too many <laughs> energy drinks, it can cause... Like you were just talking about anxiety and depression when you're coming down off of it. Exactly. So if you're already predisposed to some of those mental illnesses, and now you just do that, well. Magnifies it. Got it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So you were a smoker. Yeah. Yeah. I quit quit last year. So it's been a year, officially a year since you smoked? Exactly. How many years had you you smoked prior? Oh, shoot. Since senior year of high school. What made you stop? Um, A bunch of things. So... My grandfather, the one I told you guys about in the beginning, uh, he died because he smoked. You know, he got cancer, you know, the lungs, and then it took him out early. He died at the age of 69. And uh, my girlfriend, she's very healthy, very small, petite girl, and uh, she doesn't smoke. And my dad used to smoke, and I remember, like, my mom would always complain about it because it stinks. When you don't smoke, it smells terrible. Absolutely. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) Yeah. I don't smoke now, and I smell. I smell somebody smoking a cigarette. Walk past me, I'm like, "Jeez!" You're like, "That's awful." That's what I used to smell like, and this yeah. poor girl used to kiss me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I used to smell like an ashtray, <laughs> and uh, so like, yeah, I just and I just wanted to turn my life around for the healthier, you know, and just start exercising, quit the smoking, and uh, yeah, you know, I did it for me and and for all my family. You know what I mean? I I want to be around longer. Yeah. So I just. You just one step at a time. Yeah. Started, I quit smoking first, Good. and then I started the diet, and then I started walking. Just one thing at a time. Wow! You so try to do everything. You try to do everything all at once. Just like everything in life. It's like 
I have anxiety and I, I deal with anxiety and depression. So one thing at a time just chips away at that big block and yeah. you're able to get things done and it's, you feel way better at the end of the day. Just one little, you know, goal and it just makes you feel so much better. Well, yeah. health, exercise, all those things are huge into helping manage depression and anxiety. Huge. It's gigantic. Like, it is crazy. Ever since I stopped smoking and I started just walking, my mental health is, I couldn't be happier. I really just couldn't be happier. That's true. You're probably learning tools now that when you may fall back into, if something triggers it, right, and you fall back into one of those ruts, where you can help manage and pull yourself out of it, where yeah. it normally it would be a lot more difficult. Yeah, the impulse was, yeah. yeah, very strong when I first started. Yeah, absolutely. So did you just, I'm done and... Cold turkey. That's the only way to do it. Yep. You didn't do patches no. or gum Dumb, or... No. no, just cold no. turkey. Cold my, gra- turkey my grandpa did the same thing the after way many, many years of being smoked. <laughs> just <laughs> stop yeah. and stop. Just yeah. Jeez. Like, you'll stop when, you. you're stop when you're done. Yep. Yeah. And that's it. Just quit. That's and plus, awesome. I think about... $10 a day if I'm just smoking one pack. Yeah. You multiply that by a year, that's so much money. That's yeah. so much money. Why am I throwing my money literally in the garbage? Throwing my money yep. away while in the I'm ashtray. killing and myself. killing myself yeah. slowly. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's just it's a no-brainer. Just quit. So, well, so I, got, I got one last thing that I, that I wanted to ask Chris on the mental illness side of things because he talked about his anxiety and depression and the struggles that he had there. What advice might you give to other drivers who are out there right now struggling with it? Because mental illness, in my opinion, is very underdiagnosed. And it's not the general public, if they have never experienced it, they have no idea what it is, what it entails. So I got to believe that there's more drivers out on the road that struggle with it, but don't want to talk about it. Absolutely. There's a lot of people out there that don't want to talk about it, especially because like the older generations... They grew up harder. They're like, oh, you're sad? Fuck up. Suck it up, buttercup, you know? And uh, it's important. One, talk to somebody, either if it's your loved one or a doctor. I went and sought out a doctor to talk to, and it literally changed my life. I was really battling some some nasty depression, you know? And once I started talking about it and learning how to deal with how to get myself out of a mental spiral – yeah. You know, and, and think positive and, but not neglect those feelings. Address them, talk about them. That way it gets out. You're not bottling up and putting a cork in it every time. Because right. that, that stuff is fizzing up and waiting to pop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, my main thing is talk to somebody. Also, going for walks truly helps. Oh, yeah. just put on some music, motivational stuff. I don't care. I've been there. I've been crying walking down the street. <laughs> I don't care. I'm getting it out because, you know, I'm, it's just me on the road. I don't need that pent up, yeah. you know, negative energy. And it's, it's important to just talk to somebody. I, I truly I advise it. people just talk about it and, and address it because hiding from it is not it's always going to be there. Yeah. 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 Hey, you, you, awesome. you, you heard it here first from Big Chris, a man that's written bulls. He's been a rancher, a cowboy, and he's not afraid to just say, hey, I've struggled with it, and I'm going to figure it out, and then I'm going to keep moving on, and let's not be afraid to talk about it. I appreciate it. 
Yeah. I think that's fantastic advice. Professional at all, master of none. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, funny. I don't know about that, but yeah. I think that's I awesome. I mean, hey, you're walking around with a belt buckle. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, yeah. I certainly don't have one. I don't so. have one of those, nor would I ever. Yeah, well. Hey, since, since Will's not here, I got a dad joke for you guys. Okay. All right. What do you call a cowboy during the holidays? What's that? A Jolly Rancher. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's for you, Will. <laughs> Will, he just called you a jolly rancher. <laughs> Miss you, Will. <laughs> I mean, he guy. is going, well, he would be a jolly, because uh, he's going to be in a trailer. A, a jolly noodler? <laughs> jolly noodler. Yeah, well. Noodling's well, no joke. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's petrified of it. He's yeah. scared of we've it. Tried it. We've tried to talk Will into it. But he's petrified. I wouldn't do it without a Kevlar glove, man. I wouldn't do it, period. Those catfish are gnarly. You wouldn't catch me in that river. Yeah. There's too many crazies in there. Like that. So many things are there to eat me. I'm good. Yeah. Pair of waders, you'll be all right. Yeah. (laughs) Pair of waders. Who knows what you're going to wait (laughs) on? The gator comes out (laughs) and gets me. Right? Yeah. Oh, man. No, No noodling for this guy. Maybe, maybe Linda wants to try. I'm not noodling. Maybe you should go out and do an episode with Will noodling. Noodling. Yeah. I would recommend it. I would do not, it. Not me. I think it would you be would fun. noodle? Yeah, this absolutely. guy would do it. Of Look course he would. Why wouldn't done. he? <laughs> yeah, the, uh, hey, we need to have Chris and Will, and we'll go to noodling. And then you know what? Will will do it because he's not going to let Chris do it and him not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll push each other to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no. That would be awesome. You hear that, Will? We're coming for you. <laughs> I'm not. Yes, you are. It's good that you're gone, Will. We miss you, but it's good that you're gone. <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you, Chris. I yeah. truly enjoyed uh, our time spent. Man, yeah. you really have had quite the colorful past. I feel like my life is extremely boring. Um, it is. Because <laughs> so I've never done any of that. Before we wrap it up, can I say a couple thank yous Absolutely. to some important people? Just throw it out sure. there. So, like I said, Josh Howley. Mm-hmm. Amazing help for me in my career, still to this day. Good friend of mine, Madeline, the terminal manager, Bianca, my DDM, DDM yeah. Austin, my dispatcher that makes me a lot of money. I love you guys. Thank you so much. And let's keep on keeping on. Awesome. Keep on keeping on. That's Appreciate awesome. it, Chris. Well, you heard it from Chris, guys. So thank you for watching and listening. Where can they find us, Linda? Um, on social media at Beyond the Rig podcast. There you go. On so anything social media related, mm-hmm. Beyond the Rig podcast. Yep. From for Linda, I'm Brett. Thank you, Chris, and keep on trucking. We enjoyed bringing this show to you, and we hope you had fun along the way too. We're going ten ten for now, but you can catch us on the side on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Beyond the Rig and Drive Night. Until next time, be safe out there and keep trucking.